0: A woohooer! A hand clapper, a high fiver. I kinda like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, BDW, Void
2: revoidment prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.
3: Hey, all you boys and girls out there, welcome into another edition of Future Brew right here on mazenbrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today is my good friend Stephen uh who is a, a recent addition to Mazen Brew. If you're not familiar with his work, go check out the Mazen YouTube channel where you can check out a load of content that he has been doing for us at mazenbrew.com. A
2: great addition. To the squad. Steven, how you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. Happy Monday to you. It's uh, I missed you guys last week, but glad to be back.
3: Well, apparently, uh, we're going to be missing John this week. So we had John last week. We'll have Steven this week. John has some other stuff going on in his life. Hopefully, he's back next week. We hope to have him back so we can talk more Cruton. Uh, certainly a, a tough week to miss out on John because... Michigan football picked up a commitment and a really big one, in my opinion, from Xavier Worthy, who is a four-star wide receiver in the 2021 class. He is listed as six foot one, 160 pounds. He is from Fresno, California, and he is ranked the number 175 overall player. He used to be unranked at one point, believe it or not, and then they bumped him up on 24-7 to a three-star and then after evaluating, going through tape, and then with the testing numbers that he has currently, uh, they they went ahead and bumped him up to number 95 overall on 24-7 zone rankings. So he is a top 100 player on their own personal rankings. So Michigan had to pull off quite the recruiting win here uh, over schools like Alabama, Oregon, Auburn, Georgia. And there were a ton of places wanting to, to get him in the mix, and Michigan was able to do just that. Brandon Huffman, who is the national recruiting guy over on the West Coast for 24-7, compares him to Deshaun Jackson, which is uh, quite the uh, lofty comparison, but he is all about that speed. He brings 10.55 100-meter dash speed to the wide receiver room. Uh, so this is a really good pickup in my opinion. He is the third receiver to commit to Michigan's class. Uh I, I would imagine that if they go after maybe one more guy, it would probably be either four star Lorenzo Styles, who's already committed to Notre Dame, but they've been recruiting him, or four star Jaden Thomas, who is down in Atlanta, Georgia, uncommitted prospect there. So uh Steven, I'll I'll just throw it over to you. Um I mean, he really just flies off the the tape when you see him. It's just all about that speed. He really stretches the field well because of that. It's a huge asset to his game. And in my opinion, the little things that he needs to work on, Josh Gaddis is the guy to refine his craft and get him to be kind of like one of those guys that you would picture being on an Alabama offense.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely right. He's one of those guys where... Uh, If Michigan was going up against him, it's like, man, do we even have a guy who can stick with him? And it just, like you said, changes the whole dynamic of how teams have to play you because very rarely will you have a team that can actually match that speed. I mean, 10-5-5 as a sophomore is ridiculous. You could conceivably see that time get closer to 10-3 as a senior. For context, Denard ran a 10-5-6 his senior year. So that's the kind of speed you're looking at, which is ridiculous. So, you know, you can't teach speed. I was most impressed with that. He's not just a speedster though, and not to pick on Roman Wilson, Roman Wilson, a fantastic pickup in the 2020 class. Um, He's closer to a pure speed guy out of Hawaii. Uh, Still love the pickup. You know, you can't teach that speed, but he had a little bit more work to do in the wide receiver room. And, Xavier worthy is a guy who flashed hands really, really well in the film. He had a couple, a uh, couple clips in his film where he was straight up embarrassing guys with his, uh, his stop and go moves and his jukes. He has really good vision as well. And his routes were, I would say above average for a, uh, even a four-star recruit. Um, so to have him flying by guys on film in California, you know, it's not a Massachusetts guy where you're like, well, is it? You know, the competition. <laughs> he's yeah. he's legit flying by guys. His two hundred time uh, as a sophomore was the fourth fastest in the country, so that's even better. You know, so maybe the 1055 five five. I think he took eighth as a sophomore. Uh, in the state, which is still a phenomenal time in in the state of California, really tough track scene, but uh, that 200 time he can sustain that. So for longer routes, you know, you're thinking of a go route, he's accelerating throughout that, which is really Mm -hmm. good. So um, it's a good win. Like you said, Oregon was really strong competition. That shows he's obviously a very serious track guy as well. They have one of the best track, uh, probably the best track program and facilities in the country for that. So um, so yeah it, it's it's hard to beat speed and with the uh skill set he already has at the wide receiver position uh just a tremendous get and Michigan's just building an arsenal of just like I, I want to be a fly on the wall for their uh i don't even know if they hold them at the end of practice but like a fastest man competition cause oh, you got, yeah, you got Dax Hill who's like a legit four three guy and then you'll bring in Roman Wilson who's a four three guy. Savior Worthy, I assume, is close to that. Um, so it's it's really exciting, and uh, I'm not even mentioning some of you know the bigger playmakers in Giles Jackson and, and some other guys that Michigan uh, has on the roster already, Ronnie Bell. So so there's just a ton of weapons now, and now we have weapons that are a uh, jackrabbit with a jet engine strapped on top of them so essentially so it's really it's really fun to watch so if yeah. you haven't seen his film he's probably the the guy If someone's like well which 2021 recruit should i watch the film of he's probably number one right now <laughs> just yeah. because it's it's almost embarrassing for some of the defenders um and it's just it, it it boggles the mind lots of lots of eyebrow raises watching it
3: yeah go watch that film i I could not endorse that enough. Go watch the film. He is, it, it's just fun to watch, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's like your favorite movie. You know, you know when, whenever Shawshank Redemption comes on TV, I'm always like, Ooh, I, 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 gotta, I <laughs> gotta, I gotta sit in. down. I gotta sit down and watch this for at least 20 minutes. If I got something going on, if not, it's going to be a little longer. Right. But if yeah. you've got some time on your hands to go watch Worthy's film, go do it. It's, it's it's a fun watch. I don't usually yeah. enjoy watching film all that much, but I I did thoroughly enjoy going through his uh, high school tape and, and yeah. just watching him fly down the field. He he caught 54 balls for 992 yards and 16 touchdowns last season as a junior at uh, Central East High School in Fresno. Uh and and you know uh, that along with his speed really helped him rise up the rankings, but yeah, go go check out that film. Um, but you, you had mentioned Giles Jackson, and I wanted to bring him up, too, because uh, to go along with guys like J.J. McCarthy and uh, the, the recruiters on Michigan's coaching staff with Josh Gaddis, Jim Harbaugh, lending a very big helping hand in a lot of these recruitments in this 2021 class. Giles Jackson really lent a helping hand as well, always tweeting at him. I being in his DMS all the time, uh, Jackson, he, he's a real, I don't want to say he's a character, but he, he's got this charm to him. He's a charismatic guy. He's a real personal guy. And with him being a fellow Californian himself, that really lent a helping hand in getting worthy to eventually commit to Michigan. Now, just because he's committed, Doesn't mean it's all signed, sealed and delivered because he hasn't visited Ann Arbor yet. He hasn't visited, quite frankly, any of his top six schools that he released last month. So I think this is going to be a recruitment till the very end and until signing day when ink is to paper and paper meets fax machine. So I think just because he's got his verbal locked in right now doesn't mean that they got to stop recruiting him. I I think they've got to. Always be in his ear because this is legitimately a guy, in my opinion at least, that you see these high octane offenses in college football like Alabama, like Clemson, Georgia. These guys have real fast, uh, nifty kind of weapons that you can use in different facets of the game. You can line them up in the backfield. You can line them up outside. You can line them up in the slot. They really let their talents get the better of them so they can just put up points on the board. And quite frankly, that's how college football is supposed to be played nowadays. Yeah. This ain't the college football of, of our uh, grandfather's age when, when you just tote the rock 40 times a game and, and – Consider a 16 to 10 victory a, a blowout. You got to uh, <laughs> put points on the board and guys like Worthy really help you put points on the board. So if if Gaddis is really trying to implement his offense here, this is a really good uh, addition to this speed and space offense that he's trying to build here. And you already mentioned Roman Wilson. He was a fantastic addition in 2020. We'll see if he's able to uh, get significant playing time, but worthy. I think once he gets on campus as a true freshman, I think he has playing time written all over him. I think they would burn his red shirt. I think he's that good. I think he could be in the mix for the kick and punt returning duties, his freshman season, if they really wanted him to do that, Uh, if they wanted to lift that off Giles Jackson's shoulders I, th- this is a real talent, man. I I I know he's not in the top 100 by any
2: means right now, but
3: if there's a senior season to be played, I think he could get up
2: there. Yeah, yeah. There's with that skill set. There's no doubt in my mind that if we saw him another year, he'd be. It, like looking at his ranking right now, I don't know that many wide receivers I would take over that. You know, just in a pure like, if I had to pick one of the top 10 wide receivers, I I have a hard time thinking there would be you know, more than a, a couple that I would take over with right now. So, so that's yeah. really, that's really great. I think it, it also helps you mention kind of, it, it's tough to nail down those West coast guys just because we saw in the past, you know, Devin Asiasi uh, transferred back. There were a couple other guys uh, names are escaping me that um, Michigan initially got their commitment, but then they either transferred back. It, it's just a tough pull. Michigan's starting to kind of build a roster now where you have those Giles Jackson, uh, there's another wide receiver in the 2021 class, uh, Dixon, um, also from California. So I think it's great that Michigan is um, kind of building that that base of a roster from West Coast guys, and and you don't need to, you know, it's tough to pull them, but when you can get them involved, so exactly what you said, Giles Jackson, really active uh, in Michigan Twitter and also recruiting. So that's a great way of building those connections early for those recruits. You know, tell them, hey, let's, you know, make you a really important part of this class, help us recruit, and that helps them feel more of a part of the program as well. So I think that's a really good strategy, and they already have Worthy uh, reaching out to a couple guys. They said he's reaching out to uh, Prophet Brown, who's another California guy. He's a cornerback, four-star, and then Donovan Edwards. So Donovan Edwards is getting – um, you know, attention from the whole staff and I'm sure the whole roster, but that's another thing where if you got a four, three guy on the outside, uh, in a roster that already has those weapons, you know, that's, that's spelling out a productive offense for a running back to, uh, to highlight in. So any, any additional uh, members that they can get to kind of preach either to those, uh, West coast guys like Prophet Brown or to in state, uh, Donovan Edwards that's that's a win in in everyone's book so we'll see how that how that works out but I agree he's a guy that Michigan will have to ensure that he stays involved especially with difficulty of possibly getting a visit and and whatever that looks like moving forward so it'll it's an exciting pickup but like you said you can't can't slow down just keep it keep it going and and stay Mm -hmm. on him because interest will be there for for a long time for a guy with his skill set.
3: Yeah, Alabama's not going to cool off on recruiting him just because he no. verbally committed. <laughs> just like Michigan's not going to cool off on recruiting some of these other guys because they've committed elsewhere. They're going to keep going at it. And you mentioned you can't really see a few guys being better than Worthy at wide receiver. I mean, Worthy is the number 32 wide receiver on the composite right now. So I, I certainly can't imagine 31 guys um that are that are better. I mean, I I I don't. I, I'm not saying he's number one by any means, but it, it's hard to picture that many guys ahead of him uh, yeah. at the wide receiver position in this class. So, yeah, no, it, it's a lot to be excited about. And like you had kind of alluded to, they're definitely not done going after guys in California. Profit Brown's a guy that you mentioned, four star cornerback slash running back. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up playing uh, in college because. I really like his skill set at running back, quite honestly, but a lot of places are recruiting him to play cornerback. I know Oklahoma's one that's really high on him on defense. So we'll see what happens there. And then Sire Wright, of course, the four-star cornerback from LA. So, yeah. Uh, and, and then just in the 2022 class as well, uh, Damani Jackson being a uh, four-star cornerback as well. So they've they've established a real nice uh, pipeline in California getting Green Warren, Darian Green Warren, the uh, four-star corner in the 2020 class. And then they obviously got Zach Charbonnet in 2019. So yep. I, I, I like how they're hitting California a little harder, especially with UCLA and USC not really being the recruiting powerhouse that they once were. I know USC is having a real nice 2021 class here, but anytime that you can dip your hand into California and and end up getting a few real high rank kids, um, it, Michigan will absolutely take that every day of the week. So, yeah, yeah uh, real real good pickup. I just want to go through real quick, and you can read this whole thing on maizeandbrew.com. Since John's not here, I, I thought I would just uh, plug his article. He scouted Xavier Worthy, so you can see all these highlights uh, in GIF form. It, it's real nice how he lays all of this out for you. He breaks it down play-by-play. And, uh, I, I mean, he kind of has the exact same opinion that we do. He thinks that he can make an immediate impact at Michigan, uh, whether it be at receiver or a uh, kick returner, punt returner. But I, yeah, I mean, we're, we're I think we're kind of all in agreement here that Michigan's getting a real big time player here, uh, in Xavier worthy. So, I mean, in my opinion, not much more really needs to be said about him, um, He's a real good player, and and if a senior season is to be played, I will be watching him as closely as probably
2: any other guy in this class. Yeah, agreed. Um, so two two final things for me about him: he is pretty slight, so he's six one. I think he's listed at one sixty five. So that would be the only thing that I could see possibly holding him back from early playing time. If he's able to get that closer to one eighty five, one ninety, then all mm-hmm. you know, all steam ahead. But uh, at 165, you definitely want to put on some weight there. Luckily, he does have a frame that can put that on without losing explosiveness. If anything, it would enhance that. Um, So that would be the only thing that I really want to see for his final season, whether there's a season or not, at least bulking up. Then the other thing, I'd be interested to see if he's uh, actually running track. I wasn't able to find any mention of that at Michigan, but I know Denard ran track. So. Considering that he had Oregon in such high regard, that leads me to believe Michigan was likely using that. And they're obviously in support of multi-sport athletes at the collegiate level. So that'll be interesting to watch. Um, But that'll only help his speed, obviously, as well with uh, some world-class collegiate uh, training there in the track room as well.
3: Yeah, I would imagine they'd probably let him do track at U of M. It wouldn't conflict with uh, his football or anything along those lines, I don't think at least. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's a real track star in, in high school, so I would imagine he would at least get a, uh, a shot at it in college. Um, yeah. so we'll certainly see, I'm excited to we'll watch that all play out and, uh, hopefully Michigan doesn't let up their recruitment of Xavier Worthy now, just cause he's verbally committed, but moving on here, I want to talk about one more real quick thing with you, Steven, and then we'll get to Anthony Broom. Our uh, team site leader here, and we're going to talk some basketball. But Rashawn Benny is it, probably Michigan's second biggest recruiting target left, in my opinion, at least in this 2021 class. I think Donovan Edwards is probably numero uno there. I think Benny, just because of the position he plays and because he is an in state kid, I think he's number two uh, on the priority list. Four star defensive tackle, he ended up visiting Michigan. This past weekend with his mom, he was supposed to do it the weekend of the 4th of July, but had to push that back a week. So he officially went to Ann Arbor this past weekend, uh, had good things to say about it. He said it was, it was a good time and that he really enjoyed it. Uh, he had been, of course, on campus previously. This is definitely not his first time being on campus. Um, but at the very least, it sounds like this is very encouraging news for Michigan, Um It it seems like a few of these other big-time players that were once in his recruitment have kind of died down a little bit. Ohio State was a big-time player there for a little bit, but it doesn't sound like the Buckeyes are really making consistent conversation with him at the moment. I I think Michigan's biggest uh, recruiting foe here would be Michigan State, and I just don't really see the Spartans uh, landing Benny at this time. Rayshon's had very good things to say about U of M. He is uh, very tight with Sean Nua. Uh, he's a fan of Don Brown and Jim Harbaugh. And it just sounds like the way things are going, and I wrote about this on maizebrew.com too, the, things that, the way that things are going, I wouldn't be shocked if this was a commitment that's kind of like a sooner rather than later and a when, not if kind of deal. So this would be a, a real big pickup for Michigan considering he is a top 200 guy. He's in the state. He's at a position of need at defensive tackle, and he's already 6'5", 275. So uh, the body, it's already starting to develop into that guy that you would want to put in the middle of your defensive line, and he's just a big-time talent. So this would be another real big win for U of M, and uh, that would kind of solidify the defensive line for this class here. Steven, uh, I don't know if you've had the chance to watch him Uh, At all, but uh, of the things that I saw, there weren't a ton of tape on defensive line, uh, but the recruiting experts have been saying how um, he would be ranked the same on defense as he would be on offense, because right now this 189 overall ranking is uh, factoring in him as an offensive lineman. Uh, So given all of that, I think this would be a really big pickup and it would be at least in consideration for them to shut down defensive line recruiting for the rest of the cycle, uh, if he were to commit at some point soon.
2: Yeah, um, he's he's pretty interesting because he's he's pretty big for a defensive lineman. I mean, he's already six five, which is yeah. pretty tall, and his weight is already up close to. I think he's at like two seventy five. He's close to playing weight already. Uh, obviously, you'd want him to bulk up a little bit on the interior. Um but yeah like you said he has most of his clips are as left tackle. Um I actually really liked him pulling. So when he uh w- would pull across the line, he he does really well with a head of steam. So I'm if he is going to be on defensive line, he looks very athletic. He looks like he has plenty of athleticism at the position there. So I I get really excited, the prospect of him on stunts. So, you know, Mm -hmm. pulling around the, the exterior of the line, he's almost like a, uh, like he played defensive end in high school. So being able to use that footwork and that sort of uh, acceleration on stunts really excites me. But, um, you know, Michigan's primarily had the uh, approach of get these athletic defensive ends that Will probably bulk up to 300 pounds where we can put him on the interior. So he's closer to that than most of the other guys that Michigan has kind of taken. You know, he's less of a project than that. And uh thing that stood out most to me is again, his pulling. He is very ferocious, tons of pancakes. So that. Uh, that stands out pretty well he has pretty good technique at tackle and pass protection as well um, he can improve his hands a little bit from what i saw but uh, i really w- whenever he did either pancake someone or tackle someone he was bringing kind of bringing a i don't know an attitude to it so he he's really <laughs> ferocious with that so uh and he looks like he has a good frame so he has pretty long arms it seems so uh, he looks very functional at his current weight. So I don't think he'll have any issue getting to 300. You know, it, it, he looks pretty lean even at 275 with that, uh, taller frame at 6'5. So, uh, like I said, if I were to take him like right now, I think he would be a really good guard. Uh, I think he'll, he, he wants, I, I want him to be a little bit more explosive at defensive tackle. His first step didn't really stand out to me where it took a moment or two for him to actually start moving a guy. So that's something that can, can be improved and something I'd like to see him get a little bit more explosion off the snap. And obviously as defensive lineman, that that is important. So if there's any downside, that's the thing that I think is holding him back from being, you know, maybe a top 100 recruit recruit, but uh, overall his skill sets, very intriguing Um, love the athleticism and, and balance footwork that he brings at that size so in terms of those guys who you take at you know 275 and and hope they can bulk up he's one of the more guys i'm confident actually getting there um so and really important pickup just because in state you know in state uh Mm -hmm. high level defensive tackle you can't let those guys go who are guys with potential on the interior defensive line they just they don't happen as much in the Midwest. It just feels like that just not a position that you can really find in Michigan's pipeline all too much. And losing a guy like that from Michigan would be really just disappointing, I think. So it's a must-have in that sense. Um, And it's just rare to find people of that size with that athleticism, and usually they're SEC-bound. So I think that'd be a phenomenal get- Like you said, it's hard to see a guy like him going to MSU if you're not going uh, to the SEC with that size. um, You know, I I would expect like to be a Penn State battle, but it's looking like Michigan. I think they just got a Michigan just got a crystal ball earlier today for Rashawn Benny. So, so it's good to see Oak Park, obviously a great school. So, I'm really excited for Benny and and to see his uh, his development. one question I had for you, I'm not sure if this is out there or not, but has there been communication between like positional versatility there of like we'll start you a defensive tackle, but then uh, it's a good fallback on the offensive side because I, I mean that, I think that's great, and I know Michigan is it has recently been you know we'll start you here, but then we'll play you where the best you know, where you're best at. So it'll be interesting for me just to see if that's a a thing for him just because, sorry, I got an alarm here. Um, Just because uh, I think he brings a lot to the offensive side. So it'll be interesting to see how long it it takes him to get up to speed on defensive side or if that's even an option. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited overall, but I'd be interested to see if, if defense is, uh, like the spot or just the starting yeah. spot?
3: Yeah, I I mean, it, it is a very warranted question because they have done it in the past. I, a guy that really comes to mind for me is, is Philip Paguet. I think they brought him in as an offensive lineman and then swapped him to D-line, and then they have kind of swapped him back and forth um, for pretty much his entire career at Michigan. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a very good question. I I don't really have a good answer for you. I would not be surprised, though, if they bring him in as a defensive lineman and if some of these other guys kind of overlap him. Yeah, maybe they try him out at uh, at offensive line, see where it goes from there, just because he does have the position versatility. He's used to playing both offensive and defensive line at a very high level. So I wouldn't be shocked if that's what happened. But they are recruiting him as a defensive lineman. Uh, That's what he wants to play in college is defensive line. But he has told me that if he feels that the school uh, that he goes to is better suited for him to play offensive line. And he thinks that those coaches can take him to the next level and be elite at that position, then he would be okay with playing on the offensive line. But uh, the preference is to play defense and that is definitely what Michigan is recruiting him to play right now um yeah. but it, down the line yeah i wouldn't be shocked if they uh they tried him out on the offensive line but i i think their expectation is for that to definitely never happen and for him to be an inside defensive guy his entire career and to get to the league as a defensive lineman
2: so yeah and i mean so, it, yeah. it, if that's what he prefers and that's what'll you know get him to to shape his body and work hard. I'm not one to, you know, discourage that. Yeah,
1: You can't complain too much about
2: that. No, no, not at all. And uh, just looking at Michigan's roster, you know, interior defensive line is debatably the top, if not at least close to the top of positions of need. So in terms of early playing time and just uh, getting bodies in that position, I think that makes sense overall for Michigan Mm -hmm. to go down that avenue with Benny as well. So, so yeah, it makes sense. It, it is uh, intriguing for that versatility, but uh, I, I definitely see promise for him on the defensive side.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think defense is uh, a good spot for him. Honestly, I think both spots are, are good for him. I th- I think he would play very well either on offense or defense, but hey, if the, if the pitch is, uh, hey, come on, Play defense at uh, U of M. That's what you want to play, right? You know, uh, it's a pretty good pitch. It's it's one that is going to be tough to deny. And I, I think at the end of the day, I think he will commit to Michigan at, at some point sooner rather than later. So, uh, Stephen, thank you for joining me again. And uh, we'll get you and John hopefully uh, back here next week. But uh, for now, we're going to transition over to Michigan Hoops. And uh, we're going to bring in Anthony Broom. So stick around. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M.
0: Step into the world of power, loyalty.
3: Welcome back, everybody. Joining me again, I feel like this is becoming a recurring part of the show here. Anthony Broom, our team site leader, the head honcho here at Maze & Brew. Anthony, how you doing today? Uh, It's uh, it's a nice, beautiful, sunshiny day in Royal Oak. How is it down there, downriver?
1: Down there, as in like 20 minutes from you? uh, About the same. Um, It's not not too bad. Um, It's good to be back starting to feel like I'm a almost a member of the show. So good to be back. Um, weather's great. My my AC is getting a little bit of a break, and uh, we have positive things to talk about. So anytime all of those things line up, I'm extremely here for that. So it's good Perfect. news. Yeah,
3: yeah. And, and we do have a little bit of basketball to hit on today. So let's just get right to it. We alluded to it last week that another addition may be joining the fold here. And that's exactly what happened on Friday when in-state four-star guard, Kobe Bufkin committed to Michigan. He released his final five uh, just a few days really before his commitment. His final five was Michigan, Michigan state, LSU, DePaul, and Ohio state. So the Wolverines beating out in-state rival there uh, for one of the top players in The state of Michigan, he is ranked 78th overall, 15 shooting guard, number three in the state. He's listed as 6'4", 175 pounds, and he's from Grand Rapids. So a lot to like here. A very athletic guard, can kind of do a little bit of everything. He can guard multiple positions. He can shoot the ball really well. He can distribute the ball when necessary. He's not exactly a point guard, but he can distribute the ball quite well. As well. So, again, another pretty solid addition here for Michigan's 2021 class, joining Isaiah Barnes, who is a four star, kind of like a shooting guard, small forward, can kind of cover a few positions there as well. And then Will Cheddar, who is the power forward from Minnesota. So, you got three commits right now for Michigan's 2021 class. They sit at number three overall on the team rankings, with USC being number one and Louisville being number two Michigan state, not too far behind at number five overall. So Anthony, again, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit last week, but a lot to like here with this pickup. It's a solid addition. Michigan needs uh, a couple more guards. I would imagine uh, to join the fold with Kobe, um, maybe one or two, um, but they, and they're going after a few really good guys here, but let's just talk about Kobe Bufkin real quick before we move on to that. Um, What do you like about his game and what does he bring to Ann Arbor?
1: Yeah, I mean, the first thing I see is a guy and it's kind of jumping to the end of the takeaways that I put out over the weekend is that, you know, I I look at Kobe Bufkin and in terms of what we've seen out of Juwan Howard's Michigan so far, um, he's more of the guy that, um, you know, Barnes might be a guy who's more of the Franz Wagner type of role. Cheddar's a guy who might be more of a Bryan and Johns. If you're looking for a current player role that I think you might be looking at with a guy like Bufkin, it's probably a more explosive version of Eli Brooks. A guy who, um, Bufkin, that is, you know, a, a, some people think he can be a combo guard. I think he's more of a two. Um, he can handle the ball. There are people who think that after a few years, he should be able to handle point guard duties in, in certain rotations. But um, I think Buffkin's a two. He's a guy who, you know, I, I say Eli Brooks, but I think there's a little bit of David DeJulius in his game too, in terms of someone who can go, who can get hot and score in bunches. Um, now the three point shooting, uh, he shot 65% from the floor in his junior year. He only shot about 34 or 35% from three point range. So, uh, a guy who might be prone to some cold stretches from the perimeter. Uh, but he's not just a shooter. He's someone who can, he can get to the basket. Um, like I said, you might want to see a little more consistency there, but he's athletic. He's got a bounce and a quickness to his game. Uh, I think, you know, when you look at you know what he brings to the table, the reason I think he probably does a little more damage as a two, because he can come off those ball screens and, and catch and shoot the basketball and things like that. So, um, I like to pick up a lot. Um, it feels kind of, you know, of these three players they have committed so far, everyone kind of brings that shooting scoring punch to the table. And, you know, as we've talked about, I feel like a few times on here now, Michigan didn't have enough of that last year. And, and now you have guys where, you know, it doesn't always necessarily translate to the next level. Um, some guys are, are offensive stars in high school and it just never materializes, but. Uh, when you look at archetypes and you look at the ability to stretch the floor, uh, I see that with all three guys that they brought in so far. And, you know, when you have a class that could be, you now, like I said, there are five spots open. I think you're probably looking at, probably looking at six or seven before this class is all said and done because of attrition. that could come in a couple different ways, but um, with Barnes, with Buffkin, with Cheddar, I think you have a really, really nice foundation where, um, Listen, number three in the country right now. We know that's going to change. There are a lot of elite prospects on the board. Now, if Michigan can clean up and, and grab some of those elite prospects, they might stay in that top 10. Um, but, you know, you said something about Michigan state being at number five. If a guy like Emani um, Bates reclassifies to 2021, you're probably looking at the number one recruiting class for them. So there's a lot of things yeah. that are in play, but uh, you know, I don't know if Michigan has a chance to stay in that top three, But they have a chance with what's left and kind of who's still on the table for them to where you could put a a pretty nationally elite class together, which I think a lot of people would be very happy with. I
3: think a lot of people would be very happy with that, too, including the head man himself, Jawan Howard. I think he'd be really happy with that. I think the the way that they need to or the way that they would stay in the top 10 or top five or whatever you want to want to call it is if they land one of these other elite guards that they're going after right now, they're going after a five-star and Jalen Warley from Pennsylvania. He's more of a combo guard, more of a a point guard than anything, but he's a five-star. And and then they're also going after uh, Jaden Hardy, who's another combo guard. Uh, He's number six overall on the composite. So if they get one of those guys, Warley's number 23 overall on the composite. If they get one of those guys, then yeah, I mean, they they would definitely be fighting for one of those top five spots in the country. Obviously, things will even out at some point when more schools get some of these top tier prospects to to commit to them. Not many five stars are really committed at the moment. So we'll see how it all plays out. But the thing I like a lot about Bufkin is he's just freakishly athletic. I, I think what he does with the ball in his hand is is real nice. Like you said, I agree. I don't think he's a point guard. I think he's a two pretty much all the way he can defend really well. Uh, He, he is a solid passer. So I guess he could dribble up the court and distribute when necessary. Uh, I I don't think that's what his future looks like in Ann Arbor by any means, but if you need a guy to do that every now and then, uh, I I think he could be tasked with doing that. Um, But the way that Howard wants to play basketball at Michigan is kind of positionless basketball. So yeah, I, I think this is a really solid pickup. I think, uh, like you had mentioned, I, th- I think you laid it out pretty perfectly, is that this is just the, a really nice foundation for what is to come for Michigan's 2021 class, especially considering they're probably going to get another two to four guys in this class because they really need to fill up. And it'll be interesting to see how things play out in that regard. But moving on to... The, the remaining targets, and I already kind of alluded to a few of them, Worley is the guy that I think they really have a solid shot with. It really sounds like they've established a really good relationship between him and Phil Martelli, assistant coach. So if things go well there, you could be bringing in a couple real solid guard prospects, and then all of a sudden, that problem that you have in the backcourt suddenly goes away.
1: Yeah. When you look at the offer board right now, like I know you mentioned Jaden Hardy, number six, overall player. Haven't heard a ton with him, but again, a lot of these elite guys, um, you know, just looking at a name, Chet Holmgren, for example, he's a number, I think the number three player in the country right now, a five-star guy, you know, the G league could certainly be an option for him. Um, Guys like that aren't really going to decide until maybe February, March, April of next year. So with some of those long, and that, that's not to say that Michigan can't afford to wait. Like if any of those guys have Michigan as a finalist, then yeah, you're going to wait that out. But, um, I, I think of the guys that are, you know, like I said, I think the next move for them is you do need a ball handling playmaking point guard. I think Worley, it would, would obviously be number. I, mean, I think he's number one on the board right now. Uh, I think that they will kind of turn their attention to him and make a push there. um, and that's going to be the Warley recruitment is going to be interesting to me because if you can bring in a guy, if you can bring in a guy who projects to be a star guard at the point guard spot, that's, I think you're going to be in the ear of these elite recruits anyways, but once you bring in yeah. uh, a five-star guard that, that can handle the ball, I think that's when you start to raise a little more, a few more eyebrows. And then maybe that's, that's where, uh, you know, a Harrison Ingram, a Trevor Keels, uh, you know, some of these other Matthew Cleveland, some of these other because I do think that they will go after another wing in this class. Um If it's not one of those guys, uh, you know, Quincy Allen, or Brandon Weston, we're still we're slow. I would think the board, I, I think after, you know, maybe they they fill this point guard spot, I wouldn't be surprised to see the board expand just a little bit. Um But right now, like I said, I think the guys that they're in on are pretty much if you're looking for the big names in the, in this class, I think they're in on those guys already. So um Warley would certainly be the guy that I would have circled as maybe where the push goes to next. You still have Angelo Brizzy, a four-star guy who is another, you know, like Isaiah Barnes, like Will, Sh- Will Cheddar, a guy who's risen throughout the last few months of, you know, the pandemic without there being an evaluation process. So, uh, you spoke about the Phil Martelli relationship with Worley. Uh, it's there with Brizzy as well. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if you're looking at a class that has as many as six or seven guys. I wouldn't be surprised if Brizzy filled one of those spots as well. Um, but I do think you know it's kind of it's kind of Jalen Worley, Andrew, Angelo Brizzy, and uh, you know, I know some people have said Jaden Akins as well. I think he's going to wind up at Michigan State, so I wouldn't. Not saying it's impossible. We've seen crazier things happen on the recruiting trail. Um, But it kind of seems like that's where that recruitment's trending. Um, And then from there, you're just hoping, you know, Charles Bediaco, Efton Reed, those are two centers. Like, you're going to need a true center in this class. It's it's not really – I used to call it an underrated need, but it's not because after this season – you're only going to have one true center on the roster, Hunter Dickinson. So you need to get a guy who can at least play center on the roster. And, you know, there's, there's talk, there's been buzz that uh, Michigan has been trying to get at one point was trying to get Efton Reed to commit and reclassify to 2020. I don't think that I, that, that's not likely now. Uh, that's something that was earlier on in the summer, but um, I think that speaks to how they feel about him too. So I think it's one of those mm-hmm. things where, um you look you're looking at Jalen Worley next we'll see if they can make a move there and then from there you'll either see the recruitments heat up on some of these more elite prospects or if they you know say they whiff on him you got to go with Angelo Brizzy who's a good basketball player like I'm not you know but the rankings are what they are Jalen Worley's the 23rd overall player in the country Angelo Brizzy, Angelo yeah, that's a mouthful Angelo Brizzy. <laughs> is currently the 117th overall player. So there's there's a gap there. So that's like I said, we'll see what happens there. I don't think missing on Worley necessarily harms their chances with a guy like Harrison Ingram, Trevor Keels, you know, those type of guys, but um it certainly wouldn't hurt if he if he dropped. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So um yeah. A lot of names still out there. Tons of names. Uh,
3: and a ton of really highly regarded names and, and you pretty much hit on all of them Worley. I think, yeah, I, I, I think you really nailed it with, if a guy like Warley, a, a real big time point guard were, were to commit, I think then you would see a bit of a domino effect where it, you wouldn't see more kids commit right away, but kind of like what JJ McCarthy does with football is that you get a five star guy in the mix who's a really electric player and let's be real. The point guard position in basketball is essentially the quarterback position of football. They, they run the offense, they run the show. And they're more often than not the flashy electric players that when they get the ball in the hands, they more often than not do really good things with it. So if you could get a guy like Warley to commit, I think that could kind of get the ball rolling with a couple of guys, like you had mentioned, kind of like, Harrison Ingram, Trevor Keels, maybe uh, a Diabete, you know, a few of these big time center prospects because they're in for, I would pretty much say uh, you're looking at the top four right now of Chet Holmgren, Nathan Biddle, Charles Bediaco and Efton Reed. I would say they're legitimately in it for three of those four. Yeah. And I guess Chet Holmgren is, you know, it's a pipe dream. I'm not going to try and sugarcoat it by any means. It's pipe dream. But he still put Michigan in his top list a few weeks ago, and he thinks very highly of Michigan. Charles Bediaco is probably a guy that I feel a little bit more uh, optimistic about Michigan's chances. He thinks very highly of Juwan Howard. And uh, Afton Reed, of course, his interest in Michigan has not wavered either. I, I think that's still a bit more of a long shot. But it's, you're still getting these kids to get their interest at a peak level if you get a guy like Warley to commit. So, yeah, I, I think it would be a real big deal. And I don't expect anything to happen anytime soon. No. But uh, but I, I'm just saying if, if it did, it, it would mean a lot for the program moving forward with this class. And, and uh, I don't expect, quite frankly, any of these top kids to drop at any point soon. I, I, I think – Now that the uh, commit train is kind of at a halt after these three uh, kids committed over the last three weeks or so, I think it's going to be a bit slower now on the basketball recruiting front. But I think these little things going into these other recruitments, it's going to mean a lot moving forward. It may not mean a lot in the immediate, but there's still a long time to go with this class. So uh, a lot can happen. And uh, we'll certainly see what goes on, but yeah, uh, certainly a lot to, to like when you're just looking at the guys that Michigan has offered in this class and the guys that they're actually in it with in this class.
1: Yeah. I mean, I go back to la You, you think to last year when, you know, either shortly before or around the time when Isaiah Todd had committed to Michigan, that's kind of when we started to see, um, dominoes dropping all over the place. Uh, a lot of guys that Michigan was in on that they missed out on, but, um, you know, the fall, cause again, this is where things might look different. A lot of these basketball prospects will come up on those football recruiting weekends too. And I don't yep. think we're going to, ha- I don't think we're going to have those this year. So um it's going to be interesting. I, cause normally I'd say maybe you're, you're looking, you're waiting for, you know, some more good news in, in the next two to three months, but with the timelines and everything, I don't. I, I think it probably goes a little bit longer. Some guys, um, some guys like making their decisions before their seasons start, and and who knows? I mean, Michigan's already had three guys drop. Um, I know Buffkin has been on campus before, but uh, I don't believe Isaiah Barnes ever had been, and I don't believe Will Cheddar had ever been. So, things recruiting looks different. Different things can happen. For anyone to say they they know what's going to happen is. Um, they're either ex- way more well connected than the average person is, or um, they're just kind of blowing smoke. So I, I don't know what that will look like, but um, like I said, I, and we've said this a few times, it, it's good now that if Michigan didn't land anyone else, except for the caliber of guys, they already have been. Yeah. It might, be, it'd be a little disappointing, but you feel like you still have a pretty good foundation there with what you already have. So it's um, kind mm-hmm. of a wait and see. And, uh, go from there. But there's certainly Michigan over the next two years is going to turn over pretty much its entire roster. So there's a lot of spots to fill. If you if you're, if you do end up landing some of these guys who are going to the NBA after one or two years, then you'll continue to have spots to fill. So it's, uh, I don't think Michigan will lack storylines on the recruiting trail anytime soon.
3: What the guys are offering. Probably not. I, I would find that hard to believe, but yeah, it, it is kind of just a wait and see. So we'll just have to uh, to do that and wait out this wave and see if anything else happens on the recruiting trail soon. Anthony, thank you for jumping on the podcast as always. Uh, follow all of his work and uh, and all of our work on the recruiting trail on maizeandbrew.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. Anthony, where are you at, my friend?
1: Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Follow the website at maze and Brew. And uh, yeah, whenever we will talk again soon.
3: Yeah. Be sure to uh, give Maze and Brew a like on Instagram and Facebook as well. And please rate and subscribe to all of the great podcasts that we are producing here on SB Nation's Podcast Network. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week with another show.